Sharply into right field. That's a base hit. Milan gets the wave from third. Madrin up. Throw to the plate. It is in time, and he got him. He gunned him down. A perfect strike from Bryce Madrin in right field on a hop. Dejounte in the middle gets it to Trey. Trey Young's tricky dribble steps back for a three and makes it. And the horn sounds, and the Atlanta Hawks have won an all-expense-paid trip to Boston, where they'll play the Celtics on Saturday afternoon at 3.30. What a win for the Hawks. I mean, for me, I've been in the playoffs now three times, and a couple of guys have been in way more than I have, guys like Clint, and it's cool to be in the playoffs, but you want to win games in the playoffs. You don't want to just be here, so. And Edwards, who tonight struggled three of 16 and three of 17. The Los Angeles Lakers will play the two-seed Memphis Grizzlies in a first-round series starting in Tennessee on Sunday. Going 2-10, the uh, analytics side said we had a 0.3 chance of making the postseason. So, you know, that's all you asked for is a chance, I guess. Good morning. Hour 3, T-Row in the morning show. A1 and Turkey Bacon back with you on a Working Man Wednesday. I'm going for 30 today, TJ. I've just decided. I don't know where I'm going. I'll find somewhere 15 miles away and walk there and walk back. But I'm going to put Travis Davidson no, to shame. You're I'm not going doing for 30 that. miles today. No, you're not doing that. 30 miles. As your work husband, I will not allow that. All right, fine. You talked me out of it. Brown O'Haver tomorrow morning, by the way. Right, Teach? Still on? Going to go hang out with John uh, yes. tomorrow morning? Yeah, you'll be at Brown O'Haver tomorrow, yeah. Brown O'Haver tomorrow morning. Looking forward to that. Thunder tonight. Play-in game against the Pelicans. Lose and you're done. Win and you get Minnesota on Friday for the right to be uh, the eight seed. Okay, I asked you end of last hour, Teach, what are you doing? When and if Dakota Harris returns to the lineup on Friday, and that's the hope. He has missed 14 games. It has not gone well in his absence. They are hoping that he is back on Friday. I, I don't know if they're going to insert him right into the lineup, Teach. Maybe they DH him. Maybe he comes off the bench. But let's say he is ready to go. What do you do with the lineup at that point? Who, who's well, playing where? Well, I think as far as who's playing where, it's pretty set except for first blip base and, and 
who are you going to DH, Anthony McKenzie or Rocco? I mean, because Jackson's going to be your second baseman. Dakota's at, at short. Wallace Clark's at third. We know Diego's catching because of the Easton Carmichael situation. I'm still keeping the outfield with, you know, Pettis and Spike and Madrin out there. So I think it comes down to first base. And I don't defensively love any of the answers they have technically at first base. So I think I'm putting Anthony McKenzie there. And DH and Rocco, but you can flip those. I don't have a problem flipping those, but I haven't loved the answer, you know, be it Sebastian or who it's been at first base this year. So I think everything's pretty easy except for that answer. Let me give you two alternatives. Okay. One. Uh, Pal could go over there at first. But. Not unconventional. The other, more unconventional. Okay. Uh, Dakota at shortstop. McKenzie at first, that's where he started the season. That's right. where he played yes. the first several games of the year there and did a fine job. Rocco in left, D.H. Pettis. Still, uh, KP can run anything down. I'm not. I, he may be a little bit faster than Rocco. Not, not much. Rocco can fly. And it does seem like KP is... Not 100% strength with the throwing arm yet. Remember, he was having some problems there. So maybe right. it gives you a little bit of an upgrade out there from just being able to you know, throw out a runner at home, for example. I'm fine with that. And that's what, that was some of that rotating that was going on early in the year before the spider bite and all that. You kind of you got to have KP in on. the lineup the way he's hitting right now. Yes. Though. I mean, at some yes. point. Right. All right. Here's the more unconventional possibility. Rocco at first. I mean, Dakota's coming back. He's playing shortstop. We all agree on that. Rocco at first. Anthony McKenzie at third. Wallace Clark out of the lineup or in the DH rotation with Orduno, whoever you want. I guess Mm. it's those two guys. Mm. And here's my thinking. Mm. I don't know if I like this or not. I'm just throwing it out there. Are you sacrificing some defensively? Yes. Elite defender? A little bit shaky the last couple of weeks, but better third baseman than McKenzie. But you're getting a much better bat in the lineup with McKenzie at third. That's a better offensive lineup, more athletic lineup if you get all those guys in there. Thoughts? I see where you're going. I don't know. I just trust Wallace too much over there, even though he has not been as good as I've expected him at times this year. But then he'll make the spectacular play and remind you. So I like his glove in there too much, I think. Yeah. You're probably right. But I see where you're going and and what you're thinking is there. And and I'm not going to sit there and scream if it happens and say, that can't happen. So. I guess the point is, if you're going to DH Wally anyway, you might as well have you him might as well have him at third, right? Yeah, that's the thing. But if you if you want to go pure offense, you could play that lineup with maybe Orduno at DH, and you've got a much better, you got a slightly better hitting offense, you know? True. Because Wally's that's not true. hitting for much. I shouldn't say that. He tripled into the right field corner and drove in two runs last night. So stick it in your ear, Toby. But anyway, just a couple of possibilities. <laughs> it gives you some flexibility. Much more flexibility with the return of Dakota Harris. 
So I, I think you'll see McKenzie go right back to first. And then the decision will be, you know, who do you start in left field and the other guy probably DHs. It's probably as right. simple as that. I Either think it is. I mean, I, that's what Pettis I said. Pettis or Rocco and the other guys, the DH. The other ones are pretty solid, and with Easton being out, that answers that at catcher. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, I think you're right. Did you see the graphic that was posted on ESPN last night? This got retweeted into my timeline a couple of times about OU softball. Yes. Is that accurate? Can't be. Like, <laughs> like the number stands out to you so much that you're like, that's not possible. Um, I just got an interesting text about what we were just talking about. Remind me to get back to that. So they put up a graphic uh, about the possibility of OU three-peating last year, and the last time it was done was UCLA in the late 80s. And it's comparing the two teams, that UCLA team in the late 80s versus this OU team. UCLA's record, 163-19, and 19, OU right now, 151-8. and eight. UCLA, that UCLA team hit on average 280. OU 386. UCLA averaged 3.7 runs per game. OU's averaging over this time span 9.7 runs per game. <laughs> Here's the stunning one. That, yeah, those, those, those aren't even the stunning, stunning ones. Enough. Yeah. UCLA, in their three, I, this has to be inaccurate. This is the one. In their three-peat seasons of 88, 89, and 90, hit a combined 25 home runs. That can't be right. OU has hit 385 home runs, and they still have, I don't know, a third of the season and the postseason to go. 360 differential there. Now, UCLA's ERA is what's ungodly. Like, they had a combined 0.43 ERA over those two years. When you're giving up less than half a run a game, you just don't lose. OU's combined ERA 1.35, and I feel like even that's wrong. Like It seems like they have not allowed a run and a half per game in this time span. But oh, the offensive disparity there is shocking. And power has evolved in the game of softball, sure. but I can't imagine that it evolved, it's evolved that significantly. Like, it has to be like two, 225, right? They left a two off or something. They had to have left something out. A yeah. one even. Like, even give them 125. All right, back to the conversation we were just having. Text message from a listener. How about moving Anthony McKenzie to second base and putting Nicholas on the bench? It had crossed my mind. He has struggled this year. I just feel like if this team's going to do anything, him yes. and Spike are the key. He's going to say the exact same thing. They're the two guys. They're the key. And maybe I feel that way about him even more than Spike maybe. So I just think it's going to click for him eventually. What if he DH'd? Would that would – that- Take some maybe of the pressure maybe off that of takes some all? pressure off. I don't know if that he's does. He's playing a fine second. That's what I'm saying. He's he's been okay at second. So so when I was running he that actually down, made, I, maybe I, the defensive play of the year on Saturday in Waco at second base. When I was running that down, play. I was saying he's the bat that needs to come out when we were trying to figure out where to juggle these, and I realized that. But I just can't take him out. 
because I think he he and Spike are the key to everything. And just like last night, both of them were getting on base. Both of them, you know, led to kind of what you saw last night. So I just think they're too key to what they want to do. We know what he can do. Yes, we've seen it at a high we, level we at know high moments. Yeah, the impact he can have on a lineup, and if they're gonna make a run to the NCAA tournament, turn this thing around, you just feel like he's got to be a part of it, right? He is getting on base. He's drawing a ton of walks. He's just striking out a bunch too, and his batting average is around two thirty, and it's. It's been a, a disappointing sophomore season compared to what you thought he might do this year. But it, it does give you the flexibility, I guess, to rest him, see if that helps, DH him, put him down for a game or two and say, hey, let's see if we can take a break, watch from over here for a couple of games, see if you can get back on track. I don't know. I guess it gives you that possibility, but... I'm with you, man. I just surely, and maybe you go down with the ship like this, but surely Spikerman and Nicholas are going to start hitting at some point. But we are into the second half of the season now, right? I mean. Yeah, but in the sport of baseball, sometimes even the really good ones struggle. Like even at the pro level, like yep. you have guys that dip down and for whatever reason you're you'll be like, why is this guy only hitting 230 this year? And where's his power at? And then he'll bounce right back the next year. It's just, for the immediate, maybe that's something you do and give him a day off or, or DH him for a couple of days and let him kind of see if he gets his head straight and if that does anything for you. Maybe, maybe. But I just think he's too key to the whole, the whole vision of what they've probably got for the next couple of years centers around him a little bit on that side. Yeah, you can't risk, in, in this current day and age, you can't risk him getting upset and heading somewhere else. You know what I mean? That's a, yeah. Not, I'm not that been you thinking sacrifice, about that, but you do have that worry too, yeah. Not that you sacrifice games at the extent of not wanting guys to go into the transfer portal, but at the same time, I think you err on the side of this guy is a foundational piece of what could happen for us, not only this year, but next year. We got to keep putting faith in him. Keep showing him we got faith. And again, he is drawing a ton of walks. So he's getting on base a lot. He's just not hitting. Uh, his on base percentage is actually, this is a little surprising. His on base percentage is actually higher than Rocco's. It's higher oh, really? than Orduno. It's no, no. It's higher than uh, Diego. Let me see. Oh, here, just pop back up. Yeah, on base percentage higher than Wallace Clark. Higher than Rocco. Higher than Easton Carmichael. Higher than Diego. So, like, I mean that. He's a threat. He's getting on base. Has he hit as many home runs and as high of a batting average this year as you'd hope? No. But he's still playing a solid second. He's got three errors all year. That's really good for an infielder. I, don't know. I think I'm with you. I think I stick with him. 818. Mark Williams live next. The T Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel. 
OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment. The one for games. The one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right, here we go. It's time to go for a national championship in gymnastics this weekend, men and women. And we are joined now by Mark Williams, head coach of the Sooners. His team headed to Pennsylvania. Maybe they're already there. I don't know. Good morning, Coach. Hi, Toby. How you doing? I'm good. How are you today, sir? Good. Yeah, we haven't left yet. We're we're going to leave in about an hour. Oh, boy. Rec Hall, University Park, Pennsylvania. This is Penn State, right? You're headed to? Yes. Yeah. How's that facility up there? Oh, well, it's, it's been around a long time. It's their old basketball arena, and um, they've had the national championship there uh, quite a few times. Uh, 1991, we actually won a national championship up there when I was an assistant coach. So we've been going there for quite a while. TJ, that, in other words, it's got history to it, but it's garbage. That's what Marcus <laughs> said. <laughs> I'm reading between the lines here. He well, can't say that. But. They've figured out a way to put the podium in there, so it's going to be a little better than some other years. That's good. That's good. Well, how have the last couple of weeks been since conference building up to this weekend? I think it's been good. We've uh, been able to, you know, take a take a hard look at some of the places that we weren't great at the conference championships, uh, you know, talk through trying to be the best version of ourselves and not worry too much about um, the other competition, especially Stanford, who put up a statement number at the conference meet. And just kind of do our thing and and uh, and go in, kind of freeing ourselves a little bit of some of that anxiety, I guess, uh, where we just weren't great on pommel horse, which was, you know, arguably our best event throughout the year, and was not at the conference meet. So, you know, we're going in with maybe a different attitude. Guys that are fifth years getting a chance to have their last competition at the NCAA's and and go there feeling pretty good about ourselves. Yeah, Stanford put up like what a four twenty three or something ridiculous. Yeah, uh, it, it out there really in Colorado was. Springs. <laughs> yeah, they they were pretty amazing, and uh, I guess you know they were getting healthy at the right time and put their their full force behind what uh, that that meet was just you know they had very few mistakes and and uh, they certainly capitalized on the ones that we made. So you know it's going to be. In some ways, you know, they'd have to make a lot of mistakes not to win, but there's definitely going to be a, a battle for second place between Michigan, Illinois, Nebraska, probably Penn State, and us. And if they do make mistakes, which is possible, then there's a national championship right there to be scooped up by somebody. Exactly. I, I, would, I would think maybe this is glass half full, but got to take a little bit of pressure off your guys to some extent uh, they're going in now stanford off of what they just did is the favorite maybe the overwhelming favorite and so your guys can just you know relax and let it rip a little bit now right yeah that's kind of what i've been telling them is we we just have to be our our best self uh you know we can't be too concerned about the, what they're doing again there's there's no way to be defensive towards another team you know we we just can only control what we're doing on the apparatus. You know, I expect that Penn State will be better because they've got the 
home crowd, the environment that they're used to. And uh, it's been, I think, over 10 years that Penn State's made it into team finals. And we're looking at uh, Friday night as the qualifier, and, and we have to come out as one of the top three teams to make it into the team finals. So that's kind of our goal is to, to do our thing on Friday, secure a spot in the national championships on Saturday, and, and then just you know do the gymnastics that we've been training. So this is always interesting to me. There are, there are 12 teams that will be at Penn State this weekend. They'll split in two uh, six-team sessions, one in the afternoon, one in the evening. Top three teams from each session go to the finals on Saturday. So OU's in the evening session as the two-seed, uh, along with Michigan, Penn State, the home team, Ohio State, California, and Springfield. So you got to finish in the top three, Coach, to get to Saturday. That is back-to-back days. Do you manage it as you go along here? You know, if we're if you're looking good Friday night, can you throttle down a little bit, or how do you try to coach that to make sure you're healthy and everybody's in tip-top shape for Saturday? Or do you is it too tight, too risky? You just got to go be your best. Yeah, there's there's a certain strategy, and and a lot of other years, you know, certainly even last year, we we had the strategy of trying to to hold some people back on Friday night, and it it was a, a little tighter than we wanted it to be because we didn't have a particularly great night, and uh, you know, I don't know that we were close to being eliminated, but it, it just didn't feel very comfortable and. You know, we've we've beaten all the teams that are going to be in our session. We beat Michigan home. Uh, we beat Penn State at Ohio State. We beat Ohio State on their floor. You know, so there's a certain amount of, well, we ought to be able to advance pretty easily. But, you know, on the other hand, you can't make a lot of mistakes and, and know that that's going to happen. So we've we've tried to look at it from a standpoint And you'd like being, to take some positive momentum in too, right? Absolutely, yeah. You know, we want to be a little bit better than we were at conference and feel like, yeah, you know, we figured out that we can compete with these teams and not be worried. So, you know, we're we're trying to make sure that we give, you know, maybe Vitaly's going to not do all six events on Friday just so that we rest him a little bit so that on Saturday he can come in and compete for an all-around position and not, not have to do 12 events back-to-back. So there's going to be a little bit of that, but, you know, we also want to be strategic that, um, you know, the the riskier routines, we may not hold those until Saturday. We want to make sure that we we get five solid scores across the board on each event. We get the high bar, and, you know, all we have to do is catch the bar, and we're going to go on. The other side of the bracket, by the way, uh, Friday afternoon will be Stanford, Illinois, Nebraska, Air Force, Navy, and Army. Oh, all of the military on that side of the bracket there. Um, health-wise, how are you? Well, we're we're pretty good. You know, we 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 certainly haven't uh, changed a lot uh, in the last couple of weeks. But you know, if I if I could wish, I really would have loved to have Riddell. Gamboa and Fuzzy Bennis, uh, guys that finished third and fifth in the all-around last year, and, and you know they're out for the season, which uh, you know changed things quite a bit a, a month or so ago when when both of those things happened. And 
you know, we've got guys that are they're filling in, and uh, we're, we've been able to maintain pretty good scores across the board. So uh, I feel like, you know, we've tapered a little bit down. The guys are feeling better. We haven't had any new injuries. So I think we're in a good, good position to, to give this thing a run. Uh, is there a rotation? Is there an apparatus that is the most important in your eyes this weekend? Yeah, we have to be good on pommel horse. We we chose to start on floor. We're going to need to just, you know, we're a pretty good team on floor, get through floor, and then have a good day on horse. You know, we've been doing it in practice, so it's not like we shouldn't be able to just go there and, and get five good routines, five scores up there, and we get through horse, we should be good to go. Six o'clock Friday night Central Time will be uh, session two with the Sooners in the semifinals. If they uh, finish top three there, then into the NCAA championships, which will be five o'clock Central Time on Saturday. Uh, broadcast is that ESPN Plus, Coach? Do you know? No, the they, they, we actually don't have. Uh, we've got uh, just the NCAA.com that you can okay. kind of get info, and we can, we've got our Twitter feed. Yeah, the Big Ten Network chose not to to show us this year, which was a little disappointing. But uh, yeah, we, we'll be out there and we'll we'll get the info out on our site, NCAA.com, to follow along for that. And uh, everybody boycott the Big Ten Network uh, <laughs> coming down the pipe. All right, Coach, safe travels to Pennsylvania and uh, go get them. Go shock the world up there. All right, thank you, Toby. Have a good weekend. You too, Coach. Good luck to All you. Right, bye bye. Mark Williams, all right, you know how this works, Teach. So the women are uh, Thursday, Saturday. K.J. Kindler's team goes uh, Thursday. Uh, what time is it Thursday? Do you know that? I think it's I think it's like 8 o'clock, isn't it? I think it's late. Let's see if I can find that quickly here. That's, that's the ESPN family and networks. I believe it's ESPN 2 on Thursday. And then the championship for the ladies on Saturday is like an ABC broadcast, something like that. Uh, the men go Friday, Saturday, so back-to-back days. Uh, 8 p.m. Thursday, ESPN 2. Okay. So there you go. Uh, that's tomorrow, by the way. They're down in Fort Worth. The men will be up at Penn State. And uh, Saturday's fun. If we can get them both in the finals, then you can kind of watch back-to-back there as Oklahoma goes for a national championship or maybe dose. 8.34 in the morning. We'll empty out the text line when we come back here on the T-Row in the Morning Show. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Got a text message from... A name you might remember, Owen Canfield, worked for the Associated Press here in Oklahoma for decades. Great guy. I got to know Owen when I was at Southern Nazarene back in my uh, SID days. And uh, he was chiming in on the softball conversation. The <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Are you drinking? having a sneezing fit. Sorry. <laughs> Put yourself together. <laughs> the disparity between OU and UCLA and that going for a three-peat, those statistics we were sharing. Yes. 
softball, Owen says, softball was totally different in the late 80s. Shorter distance between plate and rubber, absolutely pitching dominant, mostly slap hitting. Yeah. Games took an hour and a half to play max. It's not that way anymore, as you know. Yeah, no, it was. It was it was all built on pitching and, like he said, manufacturing runs, getting one or two runs across, and that's probably what UCLA did, you know. They would average mm-hmm. a couple of runs a game, and they would have enough pitching that, well, you saw the stats on their pitching with the ERA, and they, they would win games 3-1, to 2-1, to one, you know, 1 to nothing all the time. So, sure, it's evolved. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But to that degree, it's still fascinating to me. Yeah, like, I agree. The best team in softball for a three-year span, I would have thought, would have hit you know four to five times more homers at least, even in the era that they were playing. Three years is a shockingly low number. Yes, even in the era they played in, I would have thought that it would have been more than that. Right. Uh, All right, let's empty out the text line, TJ. What are the uh, listeners out there wanting to get off their chest today? Uh, the usual stuff that they would be asking you and I about. Hey, Toby and TJ, I'm turning 45 this year. I got my email from my doctor saying it's time for a colonoscopy. Does this mean that I'm getting old? <laughs> We're the show you come to for your colonoscopy questions. Actually, I think Steely might be better fit to answer those so sorts of questions. My doctor uh, the, the, the said 50, is, so I haven't had yeah. one yet. It's uh, Doctors will tell you 45 or 50 some doctors are 50s i have the same doctor you have he's pretty he's pretty obstinate and that's not the right word he wants he says 50 some doctors say 45 so you're in that neighborhood either way yes you are getting older hey but at least you're getting older it's better than the alternative better to be aging than not aging Mm -hmm. uh toby um, you're Button. doing Rudy's this Thursday, and is Skip going to be yeah. one of your guests? I don't know. It's a good question. I am doing Rudy's. It is my final Rudy's of the year. And let me see. I think I have an email here that tells me. I haven't even looked to see who's on the show this week. My apologies. I feel like Skip was just there recently. He was there a couple of weeks ago, I think. I don't think it was last week. I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, I don't see my email from Jacob that tells me who's on the show, so I'm not sure. Oh, here it is, here it is, here it is. What's the date, Thursday? The 13th? The the 13th, yes. Men's tennis and women's golf. That's who I have on for the huddle, and then, I mean, for Sooner Sports Talk, and then, then we'll talk spring football on the huddle. So, no skip. Hey, guys, you hosers quit picking on Rush. Take off, eh? I don't know. I don't, just, I don't know anything about Rush. They're Canadian. Well, again, so we're talking about the band, the there, yes. not our award-winning afternoon Correct. show. Correct. Those guys are great. But it would be something that Teddy Lehman would say, Take off, hosers. Mm-hmm. Um, What's a roust about? I think they work around an oil rig. I think they're the guys that, like, probably do a lot of the grunt work, like mm. cleaning up and taking care of equipment. and La- Laborers. Laborers, I believe, yes. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I, I believe that's what a roustabout is. In a commercial about hiring roustabouts. And that's a <laughs> right. word I'm unfamiliar with. <laughs> right. Sounds kind of fun. But you're, the way you're telling it doesn't sound as fun. 
yeah, I don't think there's anything fun about an oil rig. I mean, that's hard work. That's manly work, regardless of what your role yeah, is. So, um, Grill Boy says, Grill Boy, <laughs> if this team is going to catch fire, you need the highest ceilings in the lineup, in my opinion. That means Wallace needs to stay at third. Jackson needs to stay at second. Got to take that risk and live with it. Completely agree. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, does Wallace have the highest ceiling? When you're talking defense combined in, I believe so. All right. He is the best defensive answer. That's not even close. He's the best defensive answer at third. Yes. If you're trying to get the most offense into the lineup, I think you could make another decision there. But but you might be sacrificing defense, and it's probably not worth it at that point. So. This person's already just jumping straight to next season. Talking future OU baseball, what do you think the team is going to look like next year, Toby? <laughs> um, I mean, it is an interesting question. It is. It's just, I'm just laughing because it's assuming not even they, May yet. No. Assuming they keep the freshman and sophomore, which in this day and age, again, is a giant assumption. But maybe less so in baseball than other sports. Not, but not. I mean, you, you can't. Anyway, assuming they keep the freshmen and sophomore, sophomores, and there are some juniors that are probably not. Like, is Anthony McKenzie going to get drafted real high? I don't think real high. Is he going to get? Is he going to get drafted high enough that? He's going. That would be, you know, something for him and his family. I don't know. Bryce Madrin. If I was say, if I was to answer that right now, about both those guys, I would say it would benefit them both to come back next year. I think Dakota Harris. This is probably his last I year. Agree with that name? Yes. I think he gets drafted high enough that he'll go. But pettis is a sophomore car east and carmichael's a freshman rocco's a freshman nicholas is a sophomore clark is a sophomore spikerman is a sophomore caden powell is an exciting freshman that i'd like to see more of uh and then maybe if you get a couple of those juniors back like if amac or bryce come back or both i mean that's that's a really good returning nucleus next year that's an exciting make a run lineup the question is on the mound and it's the same thing. Like, there's a bunch of draft ele- – like, Douthat's done. Carmichael's done. But Atwood could return. Weber, Hit, Lotus, Pierce, uh, Kale Davis, Gray Harrison. You know, plus they're bringing in a, a, a Will Karsten, plus they're bringing in a really good – Recruiting class this year. I mean, not all those guys will, but they are eligible to. So I don't know what they're going to look like on the mound. I think that's where you'll have most of the turnover in baseball is pitchers. So far, anyway, that's been the example. Pitchers who are maybe not starting but want to or feel like they could get better instruction at OU than somewhere else. They're excited about what Skip has done in the draft. He's been able to go get guys either in the junior college or D1 ranks 
that have been able to insert and help right away, like David Sandlin last year, like Cale Davis this year, like Trevin Michael last year. So the pitching staff might look significantly different next year, maybe better, I don't know. The lineup, I think, has a chance to look a lot alike, but we're just guessing. And in this day and age, that's a that's a throw a dart at a dartboard kind of a thing. 847, Chris Plank, fresh off a win in the Bayou, joins us next. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com. It is time for The Crossover with Toby Rowland, TJ Perry, and Chris Plank. Brought to you by Orthostat. Injuries aren't convenient, but Orthostat is. Orthostat, convenient orthopedic care. Seven days a week, no appointment needed. Now, with the crossover, here's Toby Rowland, TJ Perry, and Chris Plank. Just uh, three roustabouts getting together, wrapping up the show here on the crossover on a Wednesday morning, hump day. Chris Plank back? Question mark? Yes. Yes, we chartered. Oh. We chartered. Ooh, so. ooh, ooh, fancy. Yeah. And what time did you get home last night? Um, it was right around 11.30. The Lakers were in the fourth quarter, late fourth quarter. How about quarter. that finish? Kevin Henry sent me the finish to that game, by the way. Um, well, <laughs> I did not stay up. Let's just say, let's just say, T Row, something that has befallen us whenever we'll get back from a trip. To uh, kind of befell one unnamed member of the Sooner coaching staff. So you had a crew of dudes trying to figure out how to jump a car. So that was pretty fun for a while. But we got it figured out. Still didn't start. So I'd say about midnight. You were no roused about my. I was not aroused about. In fact, I just wanted to go ahead and bust myself out as not being aroused about. I'm out. You guys, good luck. I got to go watch the end of the Lakers. I got to tell you something. I figured you guys were going to kick out of this. One of my favorite lines in any movie, Toby, you have seen Dumb and Dumber, right? Yes. Okay. Was when Jim Carrey walks out and is trying to have a conversation and looks at the guys and goes, big gulps. All right. <laughs> and just walks away. <laughs> there's a there's a um, gas station. We have, we have two mega gas stations slash convenience stores in the Goldsby, Washington area, right? There's SIDS. Congratulations. Which is right in the heart of Washington. And then there's the Goldsby store, known for its 50-cent coffee refills, people. That's on your way out of town. How about that? So I walk. My daughter, my uh, my nine-year-old, has been bugging me to take her to get rock candy. And I have you? are you guys rock candy fans at all? I never remember liking it growing up. Not really. I remember yeah. thinking it was a lot cooler than it actually was when I did get it. And right. And I'd be like, Same. gosh, Same. should have gone with something I, else. Yeah. I, so, I mean, that's kind of part of the story because she's been bugging the absolute you-know-what out of me about it. And I thought, you know what? Dad couldn't take you to school yesterday. Let's go get it. And I walk into SIDS. The guy behind the register and a guy in the store are having a softball conversation. And oh, it's boy. deep. And I'm in, right? Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah, you, you know, they went to LSU last You're night. leaving. They, they and I'm kind of slowly walking around listening and it's like one three nothing and blah 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 and LSU is is 12th ranked team and in my mind I'm like 13th ranked but I'm not going to correct them 12th ranked <laughs> team in the country and they won five zip it was it was great and so we're walking up and I thought 
there's a little silence here. I'll just toss this in. I'm like, yeah, I've never, never seen a game in which you had 15 straight players retired and that team still won the game. It's like crickets. It's just nothing. Like, so after I paid for everything, I was like, all right, big goals. Guys, big goals. <laughs> <See ya. laughs> they didn't recognize you. They had no clue. Well, and then the guy, because I – I'm back to my radio dress today, TJ. Did you say, do you know who I am? <laughs> I've got sweatpants on with flip-flops, flip -flops, yeah. and this boy had a cowboy hat on, and he looked at me like I was some L.A. guy trying to move into Oklahoma. So it was... Quit trying to talk softball, you city slicker. Yeah, I know. That's kind of where I fell. It's like, look at this guy coming in here trying to tell Gentlemen, us Gentlemen, do you know who stat. my dad is? Right, that's how I fell. I was like, do you know who I am? Do you know where I was last night? Do you know what we went way. through? <laughs> BT Dubs. Uh, in talking about next year's baseball, TJ, I forgot we're, we're getting our our first Willets next year <laughs> on the team, uh, unless he goes, you know, straight to major to uh, base pro baseball. But uh, I saw your boy, uh, the Twitter boy, Mark Worley last oh, night. Oh gosh, game. Mark's the best, isn't he? I see him before the game. He shakes my hand. He introduces me to his girlfriend, and her son are there. And uh, he's telling her what I do, which sports I do and everything. And I said, yeah, basically I do all the sports that didn't win very much this year. <laughs> we let Chris Plank do the sports that win a lot. Right. And Mark goes, Chris Plank, oh, my God, I love Chris Plank. <laughs> Mark's pretty awesome. As a, he a, he was telling me all about you coming down off the stage to give him a hug at a football game this year and everything. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, we hey, had a little Chris Plank fan fest there for listen, a while. Listen, listen, listen. Family doesn't shake hands. It hugs. And Mark that's right. Worley. <laughs> that's right. Mark Worley might have been the innovator of the shout-outs on the uh, softball yeah. broadcast blowing up the way they did. Toby was the innovator of putting it into the broadcast. Mark put it on steroids for a That's softball. Exactly Which, right. by the way, the shout-outs for softball and baseball are not the KREF text line. I mean, I mean to warn you guys that every day yeah, when I come, I come into about 15, 20 texts. Hey, Toby, listen hey, I'm listening on my couch in Guthrie. <laughs> Chris, have a good show today. Oh, gosh. Toby, have an awesome day, man. Great call Thank last you. night from what I got Thanks. to hear. It was great. You too, but Thanks to Mark Williams for joining us today. We'll do it again tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday, everybody.